You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to the Earth Station MCU Podcast, your home for all things related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, including Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter, The Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy, and so much more. Visit us at our Facebook group, Earth Station MCU, at earthstationmcu.wordpress.com, or email us at earthstationmcu at gmail.com. Marvel Universe, and welcome back to another episode of Earth Station MCU. My name is Jennifer Hartshorn, and oh my god, Civil War comes out this week! I'm so excited! <laughs> <laughs> so how are you doing this evening, John? I wait with bated breath to see Tony Stark and Steve Rogers find it out. Indeed, indeed. And and you've been uh you've been marathoning uh the the entire MCU over the last month or so, right? I've been doing yeah, I've been doing my best. I started off uh doing it in kind of like a, a linear order, mm-hmm. uh, beginning with Captain America the First Avenger and then going through both seasons of Agent Carter uh-huh. before starting on the movies and then Agents of Shield, then the Netflix shows and whatnot. And uh, I've I've actually had to trim out about ninety five percent of Jessica Jones <laughs> in order to get everything caught up in time for the movie. Well, so so I guess I guess the the question that I'm wondering is, have you seen anything that that you missed the first five times around on watching those 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 uh, the, the the other movies and whatnot? Any new insights? You know, maybe. I think the only thing that I really, really caught this time was um, the was D. A. Reyes showing up at the tail end of Jessica Jones. Oh, cool! The, 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 yeah. That shows up in uh, in Daredevil season two. Right, she's uh, obviously the the prosecutor after Jessica is arrested for mm-hmm. killing Kilgrave. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Huh, that's cool. Yeah, that's 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 an awful lot to get through. Um, there, there's been. Um, a couple of people have been pointing out stuff that, that I, I only saw Iron Man 3 once. I, I think mm-hmm. many people only saw it once. But uh, a couple of people have pointed out some things in that that uh, that, that have uh, that, that they piece together in terms mm-hmm. of connecting with Like, for example, um, I saw a discussion today on whether or not uh, Killian uh, and even Stain from Iron Man 1 might have been Hydra-affiliated. And... It's it's kind of hard to say. I mean, I guess I don't they know could. If, I don't know if Killian was, but um, I think Stain def- might have might have had an affiliation. I mean, he clearly benefits from uh, Howard's murder. Right. There, there's that, and there's there's the fact. Well, you know, just the fact that he's a super powerful, you know, rich guy, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I can I can definitely see him sitting down and, and having drinks with Gideon Malik or something. Uh, so, yeah. so yeah, that's that's possible. But of course, that being the very beginning of the MCU, the the stuff that we got further down the road was was really not even a, a glimmer in anybody's eye. I think at that point, but mm-hmm. but it's a fun retcon. Anyway, yeah. I um, mean, mm-hmm. and heck, heck, after all, we got um, Senator Stern. We didn't know he was Hydra when Iron Man three came out until we get to Winter. Oh, yes, Iron Man mm-hmm. 2. Yeah, yep. we didn't know he was Hydra until uh, Winter, Soldier. Winter Soldier. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very cool. All right, well, because this is a, a double episode, we had some uh, issues with Skype being its usual Skypey self uh, last week. Um, we've got a lot of news, and we're, we're going to kind of have to, to trim down what we would be covering. But um, right. I guess the biggest news is that uh, Inhumans is now off the schedule. Yes, uh, Inhumans has basically been postponed indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kevin Feige says that this is a result of the of the next uh, Indiana Jones film getting announced. Mm-hmm. And obviously now that uh, Disney owns... Lucasfilm, 
you know, they can put it whenever they want. They decide right. to put it against Inhumans, unfortunately. So Marvel Studios just said, well, we're going to we're going to put this one off until later. So we're not competing with another blockbuster from our own uh, parent company. company. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. Um, yeah. At, at this point, I know there, there are some people, one of our um, friends of the show, Alan Seiler, is 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 very sad. He's been very much looking forward to Inhumans. But um, it's you know, I, I think it's. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of, of figuring out what the, the right place in the schedule is. A lot of people... Right. Go ahead. Yeah, Foggy has said that it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. Right, right, exactly. And uh, there's there's a lot of, lot of speculation uh, going on right now online about uh, people thinking that uh, this might mean that one of the the various other properties might be coming home and they're making a, a hole in the schedule for it or any number of other things but at this point it's it's you know it maybe but but it's just talk at this point it, yeah i mean anything more than that is very much a rumor right now yeah i mean and and it's uh you know fantastic four is the thing that that keeps coming up as a possibility although now uh some people I th- and again i think this is just wishful thinking are, are thinking that, that mm-hmm. deadpool is going to be back and that'd be great but uh, but i don't if, if they're not going to let go of uh x-men they're not going to let go of him either i think yeah i i really don't think well i mean obviously Deadpool's part of the x-men universe but i think fox just has this attitude towards disney of we're Unlike Sony, we're not going to give you anything. Right. Even if we have failed to do the Fantastic Four three times now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're still not going to let you have it. Exactly, exactly. So speaking of, of, of Sony and Spider-Man and the mm-hmm. uh, the benefits of, of coming home, we got a big announcement uh, this week in terms of who is going to be showing up in Spider-Man, which is going to be Mr. Tony Stark. Yeah, there was always speculation, or at least it was it was announced that some main Avenger character is going to show up mm-hmm. in it, and I think everybody figured it was going to be Tony, since Tony and Peter have the connection that they do in Civil War. So this basically just confirmed what everybody already figured out. Sure, although you know, e- even though I think that he's the most logical person, mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, there's there's obviously issues with. You know uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s schedule. I know he's mm-hmm. he's uh, lining up for a third Sherlock uh, uh, movie yeah. right now. Not to mention the fact that he doesn't come cheap. <laughs> yeah, and he said you know he's open to doing another Iron Man four, but you know no, obviously nobody at the studio is really planned for that. Right. Right, exactly. You know, and and that that's another thing that that has come up lately with people going, oh, "Are they making room for Iron Man 4? I, you know, I at this point I would be I think I would be a little bit surprised because I think that that the MCU is growing and, you know, as as we saw with Ant-Man, you know, you introduce mm-hmm. a new property and people get excited about it and you want to make you want to make a sequel for that one. You know, right. I think I think that as as much of a huge Tony Stark fan as I am, I, I feel like, especially with the end of uh, however things resolve with Civil War, I think that's that's a good you know potentially a good wrap up to his his yes. character arc. So um, yeah, and speaking of Civil War, yes. um, we've already got uh, the movie's already released. Uh, internationally, um, we've had the London premieres. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been it's I know it's in Paris and Tokyo and uh, lots of other parts of the world, mm-hmm. and it so far has raked in two hundred million dollars, which is pretty impressive. I gotta say, uh, it's it's not up yeah. there with uh, it's it's not up there in the same range as uh, Batman versus Superman or. Right. Um, I think Jurassic World is still at the top, and uh, yep. Force Awakens is above it. But but yeah, definitely. And as, uh, yeah, and as a friend of the show, uh, Henry Hanks pointed out, mm-hmm. it's a little bit less than Age of Ultron did, so it's probably tracking to be about as much, I would think. Right. Um, yeah, I, I think it's probably going to be on par with Age of Ultron in terms of, of international, but but we'll have to. I mean, and and. This is this is for the first weekend. My gut feeling is that unlike you know Batman versus Superman, uh, it's it's going to have a right. lot more legs. It's it's going to go a lot past just the first weekend. Um, so I, I think that that the numbers are going to end up 
uh, just obviously just just growing. I mean, I'm personally, I, I got my fingers crossed. I'm hoping this ends up being a significantly better movie than than Age of Ultron, which is not to say Age of Ultron was bad. It was good, but um, I, I've I've got higher hopes for this one. I think just 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 stab me right in the heart. I'm sorry. Don't you? I mean, no, and. I, I think people were a little bit just let down by Age of Ultron, but I, I still love it to death. And uh, I, I'm very confident in what the Russos are going to be able to do, especially after um, Winter Soldier, seeing what they can do with this movie is almost going to be a prelude to uh, to what they're going to do with uh, Infinity War. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, you know, and... Uh, I make no secret of the fact that uh, you know I love Tony, but Winter Soldier is 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 a head and shoulders above all of the other MCU films for me. So uh, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm yeah. Really... As my as my friend Dustin calls it, the uh, the let's see, um, Captain America: Civil War or the greatest achievement known to mankind. Yes, yes. Uh, or no, no, it's, no. Sorry, or as my friend Dustin calls it. Captain America, Winter Soldier, and the greatest achievement known to mankind. Indeed, indeed. It's, you know, it's it's a hell of a movie. Um, and uh, while, while this isn't actually on our, our notes, but I, I gotta say, Kevin Smith, pretty, pretty high uh, standards as far as, uh, as superhero movies goes in terms of what he's gonna yep. say that he likes and he doesn't, and he has just been gushing about how much he enjoyed Civil War. So it's it's quite a turnaround from the uh from the disappointment that he expressed with Batman versus Superman. Oh yeah, a- absolutely. And he's I think he's in general he's more of a, a DC person than than Marvel. Yeah. Um, he is. He even did the uh the kind of the DC uh film universe preview on the CW uh host he hosted that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and he's uh, he's directed The Flash before too. I think Yes, he's directed an episode of this season mm-hmm. uh, that's coming out that takes place on Earth too. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's that's pretty high praise for for him to say that this is this is the best uh, superhero movie that he's seen. So, so oh, that's pretty cool. Um, yep. Oh yeah, we got. And, to, uh, go ahead. Oh, one one thing that uh, speaking of Batman versus Superman, uh, Joe Russo went out and said that they basically decided to make Civil War because of. Warner Brothers announcing Batman versus Superman. Yeah, and you know, on the one hand, I you know I hate the idea that they're they're having to you know arrange their playbook based on what another studio does, but at the same time, you know, it, we're we're ending up with a great movie as a result. You yeah. know, what, something that I think is going to be acknowledged to be a much better movie than Batman versus Superman. So. Yeah, this is almost uh, starting to get into kind of a cinematic civil or cold war of sorts. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Except that, you know, <laughs> in a cold war, you expect the sides to be more evenly matched. <laughs> Ouch! It's it's true. You know, D- DC is, you know, having a lot of issues right now with losing directors yeah. off of things and and whatnot. So, uh, but anyway, anyway, back to the mm-hmm. MCU. Um, we got uh, some good news for fans of uh, John Barenthal as the Punisher. Um, yes. Something that, that we had all been sort of crossing our fingers for and hoping for uh, has has uh, been announced that we are definitely going to be getting a Punisher series on Netflix. Yeah, and uh, not only did we get the announcement, they also gave us a little teaser trailer that was you know, very chilling uh, in a good way. You know, it got my goosebumps up. Yeah, definitely. It was it was definitely good. Uh, and I'm very optimistic because uh, the guy who was the showrunner for Hannibal, Steve Lightfoot, is going to be the showrunner for this. So he, yep. he definitely gets dark if you've seen Hannibal. Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, is going to be a dark one, all right. And we can imagine it's probably going to be even more violent than Daredevil. Right. Now, one thing that that I don't, I haven't seen in any of the announcements is where it's going to fall in terms of, I mean, I'm just, obviously it's yeah. it's going to come out after Luke Cage. Are we going to get it, you know, before or after um, Iron Fist? Are we going to get it before Defenders or? or I what? mean, it's probably going to be at, at the least after Iron Fist right. because we know that Iron Fist is already filming, right. and um, you know we've. 
also been told that um, he's going to make at least an appearance in the Defenders, but it doesn't look like he'll actually be joining their team. Right. Yeah, I mean that's that that needs to be their own thing. But at the same time, it would be it would be weird if you know <laughs> he's he's in Hell's Kitchen too, unless they somehow say, oh well, he's decided to go to Philadelphia for for the summer or something. Uh, Just so long as they don't put him in Miami again. What was was that? Uh, where that the was movie the was uh, that was the setting. Yeah, that was the setting of the uh, the Thomas Jane movie. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Phil, Phil, to me, Philadelphia seems like a very Punisher kind of city, but uh, but then again, he's, he's pretty much always associated with New York in his in his comics oh, and, and other incarnations. I, I'm just saying, aside from Thomas Jane, yeah, exactly. I, you know, I'm, I'm just saying in terms of the uh, uh, the the feel of the city as a whole. Um, and and right. to be fair, you know, for our listeners in Pennsylvania, I, I, I mean, no disrespect, I'm really thinking of. Uh, Philadelphia back in the 90s which was when I was I was there on a regular basis where it uh, it definitely earned the filth Adelphia uh, moniker that it had at the time then but uh, but yeah so yeah I, I'm really looking forward to that and I know a lot of uh, a lot of um, of uh, Punisher fans were, were pretty super excited about that mm-hmm. Um one thing that I mean, he, he definitely stole the show for the season of Daredevil. Yeah, although you know, I think that I think that it's it, it's a testament to the writers that he didn't completely walk away with the entire series. You know, I right. think that um, he definitely you know ended up being one of one of the highlights. But you still did have a lot of other stuff going on, and it's not like Daredevil ended up looking like you know a pushover next to him. But, uh, right, no. you know, j- just as in the first season, everyone was talking about the hallway scene, uh, pretty much, you know, you had the stairwell scene in uh, in, in, mm-hmm. in the second season, but I-, I felt like the stairwell scene was nowhere near as impressive uh, in terms of the combat um, as the prison hallway scene uh, when, uh, oh, yeah. when Punisher was, uh, was going to town there. Uh, cinematically, it was... It was or, Cinematographically, it maybe wasn't as impressive. No, cinema, cinematically would be uh, would be appropriate. Fair enough. C- c- cinematically, in terms of the filming, how about that? Uh, it wasn't as yeah. impressive as the original hallway scene that was basically uh, one shot. But uh, it's it. I, I remember um, uh, that uh, that prison scene being posted online uh, a couple days ago. And watching it again and just being like, oh my god, that's just, it was, it was bloody and it was amazing, so. Yeah, it just goes to show that he's dangerous even without a weapon. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, on a lighter note, um, of course we had, uh, we had, um, uh, Dub Smash, Dub Smash Battles? Yep. Yeah, it was a different kind of civil war going on, uh, about a week or so ago when Haley Atwell and Clark Gregg battled each other. Uh-huh, absolutely. Uh, there was um, uh, Lip Sync Battle, which I think is on uh, on Spike, right? Yeah, it's one, one of those, uh, yeah, it's on Spike. One of those channels mm-hmm. that Comcast recently took away from me, damn you. Uh, but, of course, it was Jerks. posted many places online afterwards. Yeah, and um, it was pretty great because, you know, in the first round, it's kind of more casual. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, Haley did pretty fly for a white guy, mm-hmm. and she kind of dedicated it to Clark. Of course. <laughs> um, and then Clark comes out and does uh, "Shake Your Rum." Uh huh. <laughs> and then, of course, in the second round, we get the big production numbers with Clark starting off doing um, "Toxic" by Britney Spears. Right, with with, with the even, full Britney Spears outfit. Yes, and he even manages to get his wife Jennifer Grey in on uh-huh. it. Uh huh. That was very cool. And then Haley comes out to do um, Bad Romance from her Lady Gaga. Yes, and uh, and again, goes all out on, on the costumes and everything. Yes, uh, yes which might I say, um, Haley in a very tight outfit was definitely uh, ne- leading me to need some alone time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But that, that outfit did not leave much to the imagination. No, no, indeed. Um, um, well, although I think ultimately uh, Clark deserved to win. Clark just went as as wild and as uh, as extravagant as he possibly could. Like he just he gave no 
you know, Fs, or he gave no fracks <laughs> and just did anything and everything he could. Like, the man clearly showed that he has no shame and will do whatever it takes. Indeed. And it was, it was, it was hilarious. And, you know, yes. and definitely um, playing on the, uh, the fact that I think most people's uh, favorite bit in the original dub smash war stuff was, was him uh, dressing up as agent Carter. You know, yeah. he, he went for the full, you know, mini skirt and, and epaulets and, and everything for the, uh, the Britney Spears look for this one. So um, another thing that has come out, I am I am a huge fan of the WHIH uh, news front mm-hmm. things that they've done um, on on YouTube. They they first came out with Ant Man, and uh, they are Christine Everhart, who people uh, yes. may recall from Iron Man One and Iron Man Two. She did a piece on Tony Stark. <laughs> she did a spread on Tony Stark. <laughs> yes, and she also wrote an article. Um, yes. But uh, but yes, so she was back last year, you know, interviewing Scott Lang and talking about, you know, different things at, at, at um, uh, Pimtech and whatnot. And mm-hmm. uh, she's back with a co-host this time. And they've done I think they've done three of them so far. Yeah, uh, there have been three. The first one was about um, whether the superheroes should have some kind of accountability system. Mm-hmm. And then we got one about whether taxpayers should be the ones picking up the tab for all the destruction mm-hmm. and repairs that are caught or that are needed. And then the last one was kind of debating what president Ellis, uh, you know, who you remember from Iron Man three and agents of shield mm-hmm. should be doing about this. What should he say? If anything, exactly. And it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. They've got, uh, uh, you know, just like if it was CNN mm-hmm. or, or, or Fox or whatever, they've got a little crawl that goes across the bo- bottom of the screen. And uh, there have been there have been some fun things in there, including uh, something right. about uh, P- I think there was something about Pimtech having layoffs and uh, th- uh, them suspending trading uh, yep. pending something for that. And uh, what, what else? Do you recall what else there was for? Uh, there was a bit about um, General Ross retiring from the army. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, in the third video, there, you know, there they mention uh, that President Ellis is going to have a meeting with yep. him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we can only imagine that leads into him becoming the Secretary of State for Civil War. Exactly. Uh, and it's. The thing that that I think I love the most, uh, be, being a a longtime uh, role playing game person, is mm-hmm. the fact that the comments are usually at least fifty percent of them are people responding like in universe as if this is a real thing. Yeah. Um, in terms of uh, you know like like there was somebody who was like General Ross, you know I haven't heard of him in in ages, you know I, I can't believe he's retiring, and and I commented yeah well I don't I don't see him completely stepping down I wouldn't be surprised. If you went into politics, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so yeah, there's there's lots of stuff, and you know, obviously people, um, you know, referencing referencing everything from Spider-Man to you know the the stuff going on in Hell's Kitchen and and all kinds of stuff like that. So it's it's fun, and it's it's one of the best little viral marketing things that I've seen in terms of getting people really psyched up for uh, for a movie that's coming out. Yeah, it's been really nice that they that they continued that from what they did for Ant Man. Yeah, and you know, given the fact that we haven't been getting one shots, it's nice to have that as you know a sort of similar. And obviously, it's super cheap for them to produce because it's basically just you know like one or two people as anchors and then a bunch of you know uh, cut scenes and you know reused footage from from the movies for the most part. You know, there's there's a, mm-hmm. a few new things like with uh with with ant-man uh they had you know an interview with scott and stuff but uh but for for this i I think it's all been stuff that is probably uh just trimmed out of the movies like there's something with uh natasha testifying in front of congress and stuff but i'm pretty sure that's in the movie yeah that was uh that was at the end of winter soldier before before congress which you get in um stephen webb yeah stephen weber Mm -hmm. i think no, Stephen Culp. That's his okay. name. Yeah, because he's. I'm sorry, he's just one of the actors I like seeing pop up and stuff. Because he was uh, in Jag back in the day and was one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. 
very cool. But uh, but so yeah, I'm I'm hoping we get at least one more out of that because I'm just a a huge mm-hmm. WHIH fan, and and that is that is a a dream of mine someday. Is I would love to do like an in character MCU uh, podcast kind of thing. I would love to do that, but. But that takes mm-hmm. time, and that is something I do not have in abundance. So, yeah, maybe, maybe eventually. But yeah, so, some some point, more. some point down the line, maybe Marvel will say, "Hey, Jen, you're such an awesome podcaster. We would love to pay you to do this." Maybe that'll happen. Who knows? Wouldn't that be nice? It would indeed. Um, so, one other bit of news uh, that has been been sort of developing uh, over the last couple weeks, uh, we had. Um, a rumor that uh, that Michael Keaton was going to be uh, that he was in talks to play whoever the villain was going to be in Spider-Man: yep. Homecoming, and then there was an update saying that it sounded like he was not going to be. Um, and uh, let's see, where is it? Yeah, they're continuing their search to fill the villain role, which is still unknown. Um, and there's there's some uh, some discussion about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, potential characters that, that uh, they might be looking for for the villain. But then sh- almost immediately after it was announced that he was not going to be doing it, Jeff Goldblum came forward and said that uh, he couldn't say uh, what studio it was, but that he is, um, what was it? Uh, Goldblum hinted that there might be some credence to rumors that he has met with a studio. He mm-hmm. wouldn't say which one about doing a superhero movie. And the quote is, I can say very little right now, Goldblum said, but you might be onto something. You might be. Yeah, you know they haven't really said um, who exact or who exactly he spoke to or what he's up for, mm-hmm. but it seems like the uh, the announcements coincide maybe a little too closely to be sure coincidence. Yeah, th- there's that, and and I can certainly see them being in consideration for the same kind of, of a role. You know, they're both, um, you know, people that have, uh, you know, around the same age that have a following going back, you know, 20, 30 years in terms right. of doing uh, different movies. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that we're not going to get Green Goblin again, just because it seems like there's, there's a pretty significantly uh, deep bench for for mm-hmm. bad guys, and we've already done that. So I'm hoping we get somebody else, but who knows? I just, I mean, I'm I'm fine with doing Green Goblin again, just so long as we do it right, or at least you know introduce Norman Osborn and let the Green Goblin happen later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that 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 that's true. We 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 did get Norman Osborn first, and then have him sort of grow into that. But it but it did happen pretty quickly in the uh, in the earlier movies, so. So anyway, uh, we we didn't get to a lot of news, but uh, if uh, if you guys go and check out our Facebook group, Earth Station MCU, uh, then you will find uh, more information on a whole bunch of stuff going on as it happens. Uh, we've got uh, a lot of folks that are that are really quick on getting the posts up there. We try to uh, try to weed out the stuff that is just pure rumors or um, you know just completely unsubstantiated so uh so if you're interested in more news definitely uh definitely check us out all right we are going to take a quick break and when we come back we will be talking about a double header two weeks worth of agents of shield episodes we've got the team and the singularity we have slain many dragons we are the polyhedron society we have braved the depths of gallowspire we are the polyhedron society We have maintained the masquerade. We are the Polyhedron Society. We shot first. We are the Polyhedron Society. And we aim to misbehave because we are the Polyhedron Society. The Polyhedron Society proudly presents its actual play RPG podcast. Tune in each week as we immerse you in one of many stories through the art of collective storytelling and role-playing games. Polyhedron Society has decades of gaming experience, and we use that experience to create rich characters and lavish stories. Welcome to the realm of skepticality. Skepticality. What is skepticality? Skepticality is a podcast for those of us who view the world in a skeptical way. 
We do our best to find the truth behind the news, urban legends, UFOs, paranormal encounters, science, underreported social issues, and historical misconceptions. You just don't get it. Do you have a problem with the news? Do you like to make fun of those neighbors with tinfoil hats? Do you want to learn some new stuff? Do you want to get something you're not going to hear on your 24-hour McNews channel? or the local radio dial. Sure, mm -hmm. yeah. Right. Then tune in by visiting us at www.skepticality.com. Spell it. That's S-K-E-P-T-I-C-A-L-I-T-Y dot com. Grab a couple of shows and stick them in your ear. Ooh, it's waxy in there. And by all means, don't listen to that voice in my head. Voice? What voice? Skepticality. Truth in podcasting welcome back marvel universe and now we're going to be talking about two uh very action-packed very uh very eventful episodes of agents of shield so first of all we had uh when we last left the team um Guerra mm -hmm. had just busted out of containment and basically incapacitated everybody on the bus um, with the exception of daisy and lincoln who were off talking with a drunken australian yeah, good good call not keeping Gaia sedated for the entire trip. I know. I mean, you know, and and I guess the thinking was, well, if he doesn't have anything that he can, you know, that he can uh telekinetically throw around, then he'll be okay, but that doesn't mean he can't manipulate things outside his cell. Exactly. Exactly. So uh so yeah, uh the uh the team was in bad shape, but fortunately, mm -hmm. we had the secret warriors that we could call on. So that ended up being yep. uh, the way we start out the new episode, going and picking up uh, Joey and uh, and Yo-Yo, which was uh, yeah. pretty cool. You got to feel bad for Joey because he's clearly on a date and he's going to invite the guy up. Yep. And uh, he basically gets the call and is like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> but not tonight. And it was it was super sweet because Yo-Yo was was pacing mm -hmm. around waiting for a bus and uh, and practicing her English, which she immediately yes. used as soon as she saw Mac. So that was that yeah. was very sweet. Uh, of course, this being a Whedon family show, <laughs> something will no doubt go horribly horribly wrong with that by the end of the season. But um, well, you know, it even went horribly wrong as of this that, episode. That's true. Uh, that's true. But uh, so so Daisy and Lincoln go around, collect everybody, and uh, they end up parachutes. And this this is one of these things where, yeah, I know it's shield technology, but I guess they just they just sort of put their plane on autopilot because <laughs> they all jump out of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not exactly sure how that works. Um, I guess it does. It can. The technology is advanced enough that it can fly and probably land somewhere on its right. own. We'll, we'll we'll hand wave that. There, there's a couple hand wavings that have to happen in uh, in yeah. these two episodes. But uh, it's the parachute in and uh, go through the base and uh, you know take a bunch of people out. They are separated, which is always a bad idea. But in this yeah, case, never split up. Never split the party, <laughs> but um, but uh, but they do, and uh, and nothing too terrible happens as far as we can tell at first. Uh, they yes. all do pretty well against everybody that they come up against. There's uh, there's some good um, some good yep. double teaming that goes on with uh, with Yo-Yo and Joey. Joey melting the bullets as they come in while Yo-Yo runs around and uh, takes out six guys in the hall. And, yeah, because, of course, earlier this season, Joey learned that he's essentially bulletproof because any bullet that gets close to him just melts. Exactly, exactly. And then she wasn't she wasn't there, so she was she was running around uh, uh, tying people yep. up when that happened. So, so yeah, everybody does really well. Uh, Lincoln. Yep. And we also get a prisoner. Yes, we get uh, we get Malik, which mm -hmm. uh, I, I was a little surprised that there weren't more people guarding uh, Malik. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, I guess it's something where. They don't really care what happens to Malik at this point, so. Or maybe they wanted Malik to get captured. That's possible too, indeed. So. Uh, so yeah, it certainly seems like a yay team by the by the end of the first half of the episode. Right. And. Uh, but then the rug gets quickly taken out from under exactly, us. Exactly. Exactly. All of uh, all of our other team members had uh, holed up in a closet somewhere, but uh, eventually our secret warriors team gets to them, and everything's good, and they take off and everything is wonderful with the world except no it's not 
because shortly after that happens, we've got Guerra going, oh no, Mr. Hive, what's going to happen? They got away. And Hive's like, no, it's cool. We've got somebody on the inside. And so the majority of the episode is is a matter of misdirection and uh, and psyching us out. Um, And I know... Who is the secret traitor in the secret warrior? Exactly. And... And to me, I mean, the thing that, that what I thought it was going to be initially was, um, I'm forgetting what the name of the guy is that, uh, that can, that can freeze people. Um, oh, uh, Lucio. Yeah, Lucio. Uh, Lucio, uh, had gotten killed by Joey and they had his body, mm-hmm. but he did not appear to be completely dead. And, uh, you know, as, as Fitzsimmons were doing various tests and stuff, they were like, well, his body temperature hasn't go." you know, hasn't gone down and it looks like there's some metabolic activity going on here still. And so I thought, okay, well, easy, easy solution to this is that, you know, Lucio isn't dead and he's going to bust out and, and be the person on the inside. Nope. Nope. He, he pretty much got thoroughly staked through the chest by, uh, by Joey. He did, but, but there is a scene where, where Simmons is saying that there was still some kind of metabolic activity going on. But, Which um, turns out to be Hive's parasites, right? Exactly. Uh, but uh, so so there's that, and then it was like, well, you know, maybe maybe it's the fact that they've got Malik on the plane, mm-hmm. and you know, because uh, but of course Malik was like, screw that guy, I, I don't I don't care about Hive. He killed my daughter. So, yeah, he killed my daughter. Uh, he's gonna kill me. I'm I'm not like beholden to him anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Although, actually, that's interesting. I hadn't even thought of that. The fact that um, he saw what he thought was his death at the hands of Hive, but was that... But that's not how he died. It... He... It's kind of... It was, you know, Hive by proxy, basically. Yeah, I, I mean, it still was, but it, it, did, I mean, do it didn't... We wanna, do we want to go ahead and discuss, like, who it was? Yeah, yeah, let's go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, we basically find out that Daisy uh, had an encounter with Hive, and he took her over. Right. Um, and, and so she ends up killing Malik, you know, at mm-hmm. at Hive's uh, bequest. But yep. it's not; it doesn't go down the way that that Malik had had foreseen it. So. Yeah, and of course, uh, in trying to deflect attention from herself as the traitor, mm-hmm. she basically pins it all on Lincoln and frames him. I know, which is which is super horrible to do. But yeah. uh, but then again Yeah, and then, then I love that when that moment when she tries to have the talk with him yes. later on. Like, oh but I still love you and we'll still be together and he's like You you made everybody think I was the bad guy. Yeah. And then uh, then she reveals herself as as being Hive's minion. Uh, so uh so yeah, so that happens. Um, lot of a uh, lot of good good performances in that that episode yes. um, from uh, especially from our second stringer uh, team warrior uh, secret warrior mm-hmm. people. Um, I really hope Joey and Yo-Yo stick around and that that neither of them ends up being the casualty we get at the end of the season. But... Yeah, because they they definitely seemed like they were done with it after uh, after Shield got super paranoid about who the traitor was. And you know that that's that's it was it was a well written episode because you could kind of <laughs> see both sides. You know, certainly, right. you know, yes, Phil was lying to people, and yes, he was being manipulative. But they're a spy agency. What do you expect? Yeah, I know. And when you really don't know who to trust, you've got to take those kinds of precautions. And and all in all, yeah, he was he was, you know, being suspicious of them, but it's not like he immediately, you know, locked everybody down or, you know, or anything like that. Yeah. And uh, you know, Daisy does a very effective job of framing Lincoln by making it look like he's stolen the uh the um uh inhuman orb artifact widget thingy um right but uh but so anyway by the end of that episode uh daisy basically walks out and and she doesn't she doesn't destroy the base she doesn't but 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 she could have completely destroyed it she could have completely leveled it and killed everybody and i wonder if that doesn't sort of show us that uh that 
Hive is is not a hundred percent in control of her because it seems like it would have been in Hive's best interest for her to just completely collapse the entire base and kill absolutely everybody. Right, but on the one hand, Hive doesn't give her that order. Mm-hmm. Um, she just so she just makes it impossible for them to get out of there or follow her. Or so she thinks. <laughs> Because you would think that you know completely destroying uh, the um, the one way they have of getting uh, the jet out of their base, but it doesn't take into account the fact that Mac is a mechanical genius and May is an amazing pilot. Mm-hmm. And uh, not to mention, I mean, even though it doesn't completely stop Shield, it does hamper them enough. Mm-hmm. That by you know the beginning of of uh, the next episode when they're trying to go and warn the other Inhumans that they've met, mm-hmm. oh oh, guess who's already gotten there? Right, right, exactly. It does does slow them down enough uh, that Hive is able to to get to them, and we have the return of the Ginger Ninja, whose whose name I I could not remember until I, I ended up having to look up that she is in fact called Alicia, but uh, she's the uh, the redhead that can that I guess. I was thinking that she could split into four, but I guess there's just four of her, or, or at least there I, was. Yeah, there were like she can make four clones of herself, and uh, and it it looks like Hive's control is so total over her that she'll shoot one of her own clones, right. even though we're we've been told before that she feels everything that happens to them. Right, right, exactly, um, and that that gets to another one of the at least seems to me to be a, a continuity kind of goof. Um, yeah. At one point, uh, Lincoln is standing there with one of the Ginger Ninja clones and is like, you know, stop or I'll kill her. And there's uh, one of the other Alicia's is pointing a gun yeah. at him. Like, hmm? like, hi, won't let me tell you. Right, exactly. Exactly. And, uh, and, and he's saying, you know, just tell us where he is, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, Hive won't let me tell you. And mm-hmm. there's a little look that goes back and forth between the two of them, and they nod. And she pulls the trigger and shoots her other clone in yeah. the head, which is incidentally right leaned up against Lincoln's chest. Yeah, and I think Lincoln's wearing the murder vest at the time. Yes! So I don't know, maybe maybe the murder vest is bulletproof or something, but you, you wouldn't that, think a bullet would go through through her head. You, you would you would think that a bullet would go through her head and you would think if it's a murder vest, why would you bother to make it bulletproof? But uh but yes, for for some reason the bullet uh does not uh, mm-hmm. go into Lincoln or blow up his murder vest. Incidentally, the murder vest thing uh was was another uh it, it 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 was the the impetus for a very interesting scene between May and Coulson, where mm-hmm. um, she basically called him out on the fact that she ends up almost always being the one to pull the trigger. You know, she's right. the one who had to shoot her husband. Uh, he gives her the the uh, the trigger for Lincoln's uh, uh, suicide vest, which is actually a murder vest because he's not the one yeah. controlling it. Um, and, right. and she calls him out and she's like, look, Phil, you, you may think that your hands are clean, but they're not just because you're the one, you know, you're making me do it. That doesn't mean that, right. that you get off on this. And, you know, she also calls him out on his preferential treatment towards Daisy. Absolutely. Like you would have never done this to her. Right. And it almost kind of goes back to even the previous episode mm-hmm. where it doesn't even seem like he suspects her because he's got his blinders on and can't really be objective towards Daisy. Absolutely. You know, and, you know, to, to him, it's just, you know, it's just not possible. And he's, you know, he has pretty much headed out for Lincoln from the get-go. Yeah. Um, and, and he... You don't mess with Daisy's little girl. <laughs> exactly. That That's what it boils down to, is is that he's having an overprotective dad thing. But uh, yeah. but he does, you know, finally fess up to, to May and say, you know, she's she's like, you know, like the daughter I never had. She's like the closest mm-hmm. thing to family that I have. Um, so at least it's it's out in the open, but uh, it's still yeah. uh, still not good. But um, so let's see from there. Uh, yeah. Daisy uh, uh, and one one thing I will say also, mm-hmm. uh, I was I was impressed with our Secret Warriors, but I think MVP yeah. for acting in the last couple episodes definitely goes to Brett Dalton. Because over the course of the next episode, we saw him, well, 
it, it actually, if, if you count the last episode and then these two episodes, we've seen him channeling uh, Gideon Malik's brother and mm-hmm. Ward and um, Will. Will, exactly, and as well as just being Creepy Hive. And yep. he is so good with not only the voice, but the physicality of it. Um, there's there's a scene where Daisy, uh, he takes Daisy up to this uh, sort of overlook place where she used to park her van when she was uh, homeless, mm-hmm. and they kind of have a little little moment where she puts her, her head on his shoulder, and he puts his arm around her, but... And I just mm-hmm. I just happened to have gone back over that scene a couple of times, uh, from from one thing or another, rewinding and whatnot. And mm-hmm. the way he puts his arm around her, it seriously looks like it's like it's a like it's a hydra tentacle or something like wrapping around her. It yeah. is just so creepy the way he does it, and it's not like the suave you know, big strong ward kind of thing. It's it's. It's totally alien, and I just think he's he's freaking amazing in these episodes. Well, you know, one of the things I loved, um, I loved the return of James. Yes. Uh, in this, and it basically, like, confirming what fan theories were about him when he first showed up, uh, that he's essentially, he's a Marvel Comics character mm-hmm. called Hellfire. Right. Who was a uh, descendant of the original, um, uh, or the original Ghost Rider, the, or the Phantom Rider. Um, in the comics, mm-hmm. and he could wield uh, Hellfire as a weapon. Right, and that was that was a name that had come up at one point when people were uh, mm-hmm. wondering if Ward was going to end up being um, being uh, one of the uh, Inhumans that got, got powers uh, because they they felt like that would be a good a good fit for him. But uh, but no, it ends up being James, and he ends up kind of being yep. almost the comic relief for for this episode. But uh, but he's yeah. He definitely switches his personality after being uh, possessed by Hyde yes. into kind of enjoying this, uh, enjoying getting out, enjoying being part of uh, Hive's posse, so to speak. Absolutely. Um, the other uh, big plot line that they have going on in this one is uh, going to find a geneticist who they mm-hmm. think is going to uh, be able to help them potentially uh, fight Hive. And yep. it's Jonathan from The Mummy! <laughs> Yeah, and you know it's it's another one of those things where uh, Hive is just two steps ahead of Shield, because of course they send Daisy to to get um, yeah Doctor Radcliffe who was um, in a comic called Machine Teen, oh, which is kind of a break a break off of uh, or a different way of telling the the Machine Man story, mm-hmm. and he was kind of an evil corporate executive of a technology firm and that, so it's a little bit different sure. from how he appears on uh, Shield, but. You know, we see by the end that he's kind of like he's all about for science and he doesn't care if it's used for good or evil. Right. So he almost seems perfectly willing to go along with Hive's plan to turn everybody on the planet into an inhuman. Right. Um, and it's funny because uh, the AV Club uh, happened to have, have uh, noted something that, that I had also picked up on. I don't know if you watch Orphan Black, but um, right. uh, this season on Orphan Black, it's all about transhumanism and about, you know, these, these people that, that put uh, various modifications into themselves and so on and mm-hmm. so forth. And it really, it felt like it was like a, like an Orphan Black crossover kind of thing yeah. for a minute there. Um I really love Max one when he's got the X-ray yes. uh, vision. Like she's been heavily modified. Man, I need to get out more. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, that ends up being a, a fun scene as well. Having having Fitz and Simmons undercover. Um, yes. And, uh, and the the uh, uh, progression of their romance. Yeah, uh, that's another great line from Mac. Is when he says, "Look." Bobby and Hunter pulled the our our comms are broken all the time, exactly. so I know what you were doing. <laughs> exactly. So uh, so that's all all, all the uh, I'm sure all the the shippers whose one true pairing is is Fitzsimmons are probably all all squee right now. Um, yeah. So let's hope nothing bad happens anymore because I mean this relationship has been through the ringer over three seasons. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, first it was it was Fitz's brain damage. Mm-hmm. Then it was uh, Simmons working for Hydra. Mm-hmm. Then it was Will. Then it, or, you know, or then it was uh, sorry, then it was um, 
Gemma getting sucked into the into the portal right. and put on and the other planet. And then there was the issue Will. with Will, and then yeah. Fitz and killing Will and and all that. Yeah, absolutely. They've it's it's been it's been right. absolutely nuts. And so now it seems like they're they're finally potentially happy. They've they've had some some talks about uh, where things are going. They they appear to have quote unquote passed the event horizon at the end of the episode. Um, yep. Which, uh, which I, I just I feel like this is this this is not the kind of show where where that's gonna that's gonna. And last. you've gotta you've gotta love how um, they they look as at it as this will irrevocably change uh, the nature of our relationship mm-hmm. with each other. And instead of one or both of them being reticent to do it, they both want to jump in. Right. Right. Uh, which is which is a big change from the way things have uh, have been before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and so anyway, we've, we've touched on this, but yeah, there's, there's a point, uh, at the end where, um, where Daisy ends up, uh, basically almost choking Fitz to death, threatening him that if he doesn't back off. Meanwhile, um, Hive mm-hmm. ends up talking to Simmons and channeling Will and go Simmons. She shoots him in the gut. Yeah. And he, when we see him, he doesn't bleed regular blood. He bleeds some kind of brown Ooh, sludge. Right, exactly. Like like dead parasites or something like that. We know yeah. that there's there's no way that that's going to kill him. I, th- I think more than anything, he was just stunned uh, that, yeah, that she shot I, him. I think that was more... I think Simmons knew that, so I think she was just trying to get herself away. Right, right. Um yeah, this was, you know, overall, this was a very, very good episode for Simmons in terms of, you know, definitely not being uh, her usual wallflower self. She actually, you know, is out in the field and doing something. Right. She actually has the guts to shoot somebody. She has the guts to actually make a move on Fitz. So, uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, uh, that's the, the, I, I really hope she makes it to the end of the season because... <laughs> mm-hmm. Usually happiness like that does not really last. But um but so yeah, we end the episode in a in a pretty terrible place in terms of yep. uh uh Hive has uh has gotten basically all of the inhumans that, that we know about um on his side. Uh and well with the exception of, of Lincoln uh and uh and the other um and Yo-Yo and Joey, mm-hmm. uh, but he's got basically everybody else. Um, he's got the two parts of the um, Inhuman Orb widget, which is apparently the only thing that can kill him. Mm-hmm. And they've got yep. the uh, the geneticist, who is the only person who understands how to kill parasites. So, yeah, t- team's looking pretty screwed here. Ball's pretty much in Hive's court for for this right now, and uh, I know about the the Kree artifacts. Is if you've seen the uh, trailers for next week, yes. we get some Kree finally showing up. Yes. So that might not be the only one of those things that exists. Right, right. There's there's definitely that. Plus, uh, obviously, the Kree have uh, ha- have their own feelings on what needs to be happening with Hive. I'm sure. So mm-hmm. uh, so that will definitely be. Uh, be cool. Although it's interesting that that's the episode that's going to lead into civil war. Yes. Because it, it seems like they're they're not going to be definitely not going to be focused on any kind of uh, real world stuff um, going into that. And we mm-hmm. it's we we've only got uh, is it two more episodes after this or three? I believe uh, it's uh, three episodes twenty twenty one and twenty two. So okay. So we're going to have uh, two episodes. will take place before, lead in, and then apparently, according to Clark Gregg, mm-hmm. Civil War is supposed to change things for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well. Right. Um, I, I highly doubt it will be as much of a change as Winter Soldier, but who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, we definitely will will have to see, but uh, but we've got a couple of episodes left to uh, to figure that out. All right. Right. So um, anything else you want to cover? Are we good to do ratings? I think we can do ratings now. All right. Okay. So for the first one, we had uh, the team being the first one. Uh, so on a scale of one to five shields, one being terrible and five being best episode ever, how would you rate this episode? You know what? I'm actually going to give a four to both of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I felt like the team 
did a very good job of, of, of first having the action sequence for the first half of the episode mm-hmm. and then the suspense and the mystery of who the traitor is for the second half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, for this episode, it's just like things keep getting worse for or, or for um, sorry for the singularity. Mm-hmm. It's just like things keep getting worse for S.H.I.E.L.D. Hive is always two steps ahead of them. Mm-hmm. They've converted their their, their remaining inhuman allies who weren't in the who weren't in the Secret Warriors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, we finally get Fitz and Simmons finally together in a relationship. And it's just, you know, it was everything I could hope for. Yay, yay, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to go, uh, I've been waffling about about the team. I'm going to go with a four because um, I thought it was okay. a very good episode overall. And, uh, again, I, I got I to gotta give it to the, the writers um, of, uh, of of S.H.I.E.L.D. this year. They, they totally snowed me again. I, I totally was did not see Daisy coming. I know a lot of people were like, oh, it was so obvious. But Yeah, I even though I um, did see the promo for the next week yes. beforehand, I watched, I watched this episode going, well, let's think about it. A, you've cover, covered up your tracks. Mm-hmm. Daisy is the most spy of any of the secret warriors so she'd know how to do that and how to make it look like somebody else did sure uh lincoln's a convenient scapegoat because of his anger issues Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah i mean but but, but that's the exact sort of thing whedon would do is make us you know make take the character that we love most and make her to be the traitor right Right, exactly. But but I was into it enough. I was I was drawn into the episode enough that I was just oh, totally when uh, when when she was talking to Lincoln. Um, and I'm gonna give uh, I'm gonna give uh, the singularity a four point five. I think this is one of the strongest episodes that that they have had. Um, it yeah, you was... know what? Let me let me upgrade mine <laughs> to four point five too. Now that I think about it. Fair enough. Um, the the fights were fantastic with yes. uh, the 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 ginger ninja fight and uh, everything else. I thought Fitzsimmons actually getting out in the field and uh, not only having some some good interpersonal stuff, but them actually getting out and uh, you know a lot of surprises like you know when she she stabs the needle into the dude's eye and everything. Yeah. Um, and and that that whole encounter between uh, Hive slash Will and Gemma was brilliant. I, I just and like I said, I'm just blown away by uh, by uh, Brett Dalton's acting throughout this. I think he's been fantastic. So, yes. Yeah, I think this is this is one of the strongest episodes that that they've had for for this season, definitely. So. Mm-hmm. All right. So. Oh my God! Shield's coming out. Um, not Shield. <laughs> <laughs> Civil War. Oh my and, God! Know, Civil War coming out. Yes, I, I got the the Marvel Collector Core box for this uh, yes. for this quarter, which was um, it's Civil War themed, and uh-huh. I thought it was pretty good. Um, the only thing I was really disappointed in was I think the T-shirt was kind of Marvel Funko Pop Civil War theme, uh-huh. which I think they missed out on an opportunity to kind of do a team team Iron Man team Cap yeah. shirts. And mix it up a little bit, but they but, they gave but us. But probably a, everybody would have complained if they didn't get a, a team cap sh- shirt, most likely. I, you know, I would want a team Iron Man shirt, but as I told another friend of mine, you can always trade sure. trade with somebody else that you know who didn't get what they wanted. Um, and uh, they came out with a little. There's a little Dorbs figure of of Iron Man with his face played up. There was a two-pack of uh, exclusive um, Funko Pops of Cap in kind of a defensive pose uh-huh. and Iron Man flying in, in an attacking pose. Awesome. Um, a nice little uh, lanyard that I might use at some point in the future. And, uh, you know, just their usual pin in their patch, mm-hmm. which the pin was uh, Black Panther. The patch was was uh, Crossbones. Cool. Very cool. And, uh, and you even got like a... Funko Pop exclusive cover of um, of Black Panther number one. Nice, very new, cool. New series, mm-hmm. very cool. So, uh, so yeah, we've got a couple of days. We've got uh, an episode of Shield coming out this week, and then on Thursday, I know both of us have got our tickets for Thursday night. Uh, and we'll be uh, yes, absolutely. We'll be recording uh, Sunday night of next week uh, our our review episode for that. Um, I'm also going to be on the uh, episode of the Revcast, um, 
which I believe was just nominated for an award. I don't know. I'll, I'll figure that out and let you guys know next week. But uh, but yes, I'm going to be on there. Um, I'm also, <laughs> tomorrow I'm taping an episode of Earth Station One about Penny Dreadful, which is a great show you should totally all watch. And, uh, and then the following week I'm doing ESO on Civil War. So I am going to be a podcasting fool for the next couple of weeks. Uh, not to mention Doc, uh, Earth Station Who as well. Yep. So it's going to be very busy, but uh, thank you all for your patience in, uh, in us getting this stuff out, and we will see you in one week. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.